Well, welcome back to another episode of The Devil Wears Rossonero, the official podcast of SB Nation's AC Milan Offside. I'm Patrick Stoll alongside Tim Fontenot at Stoll underscore P at Tim underscore Fontenot at SBN Rossonero is where you can get a hold of us on Twitter. Well, here we are. It's the last week before the season starts. The season, it is finally here. We... AC Milan are going to open the season at the San Siro against Genoa on Sunday, and we here at the AC Milan offside could not be more excited. And almost as exciting is the fact that the transfer market is finally about to close and we can stop talking about potential deals and start talking about games, hopefully in a positive manner. Uh, Speaking of the transfer market, some Big, big news, some big deals going on in the past week. Bakayoko is Rossonero. He is the latest addition to our midfield. Samu Castillejo from Villarreal will join Milan reportedly with Carlos Baca going the other way. And the latest news is the Uruguayan left-back Laxalt is close to joining AC Milan from Genoa for I believe it's a total of 18 million with 11 million ticked off because apparently Genoa hasn't paid for Lapidula yet. So some interesting transfer news there, that and more, plus Locatelli and Andre Silva have left the club, which is sad. And we are all sad and We did not anticipate talking about this. We hoped that this wasn't going to be one of our topics, but here we are. And another week, another podcast where we're going to say, please add another midfielder. Plus, we'll preview Milan versus Genoa to open the season. But here's when I bring in my co-host, Tim Fontenot. What's up, Tim? How are you, buddy? I'm good, Patrick. I'm very excited that we're finally winding down this summer, and after everything that's gone on, it's time to actually start getting into the nitty-gritty of this season, so let's do it. It is thrilling that we can finally end this, like, tumultuous summer, and, like, the mood of when we started the summer and when we're ending the summer are just night and day. Literally. Because at the beginning of the summer, we're like, oh my god, we are hosed. Like, FFP is going to absolutely drill us, and we're not going to be in Europe, and we're not going to add anybody. And now we have, quite frankly, had a great transfer market, with the exception of the midfield, which you and I have gone into before, and we're going to go into again. Um, Starting with some signings that we did make or are reportedly super close to, at the time of recording, reportedly super close to making. Let's start with the addition in the midfield. Bakayoko has joined from Chelsea. He had his medical yesterday. He was officially announced today wearing the number 14. Uh, Some see him as the vice Kessie, uh, which I would agree with that title, but I'm not sure if his role is supposed to be a backup. Um, I see him as a starter, especially given our midfield depth, which you and I have gone into again and again, and it, it just appears to not be moving a lot. 
you know, we're not adding a lot, but we, we added Bakayoko. He's here, and, you know, Milan will pay three and a half or so million for the loan fee, and then there's an option to buy for 30, which I think is good business because if he's good, we buy him. If he's not, he goes back to Chelsea, and we buy a midfielder next summer. But what do you think about Bakayoko? Because I'm, I'm hopeful, but I, I don't know what to expect. I'm hopeful, and I... Th- I think optimistic that he's actually going to have a good year. I think he's coming into a healthier atmosphere than he was at at Chelsea because, let's face it, Chelsea, after winning the title the year before, were an absolute disaster last year. Antonio Conte was changing the team every week. A lot of players were just playing for themselves, it seemed like, and it was it was horrible to watch them last year because it was just – you know, even with what Manchester City was doing in the Premier League, it was absolutely night and day compared to the year before where everyone was together. Everyone just worked as a unit and it was, you know, you knew who was going to be out there. You knew they were going to be successful. And back Ioko that year when Chelsea won the title was off at Monaco in France, had an amazing season. He was one of the huge guys along with the emergence of Mbappe, along with Falcao and Bernardo Silva and all those other guys who got Monaco to the Champions League semifinals. He was a huge part of that, and he rightly earned his move to Chelsea, and I think it was just horrible timing for him to go in there, and unfortunately, that that really hurt his growth last year, and Chelsea fans really got on him. They were rightfully frustrated with the entire season. They were frustrated with Conte, and look, that's not a healthy situation to be in as a young player when you go in at 22 to one of the biggest clubs in the world, one of the biggest clubs in England, and you're expected to perform right off the bat. So I think this loan move is very healthy healthy for him. I think he's going to a place where, you know, I always talk about guys that are similar to Catuso, and I can kind of see that in him. He's this big, strong dude. He, this is the kind of player Catuso is going to love having going through the midfield. And like you said, it's a vice Kessie. So now there's two of them. And I think that kind of makes us – like no team is going to want to go to war with us in the midfield. Like I just, I, I, I'm sure he has the foot skills to get by them, but imagine Ronaldo running right at Kessie and Bakayoko and the two of them just standing there like, nah, you're not getting through. Um, he'll find a way he's Cristiano Ronaldo, but, uh, yeah, I just, I think that that's the perfect situation for him to go into. There's much more stability this season. He's going to be an important player. And I know this was kind of a polarizing move. A lot of fans didn't like it. A lot of fans did like it. And, you know, I think you can't just write them off right at the beginning. It's a it's a good loan move, you know. And if it works out, then it's not a bad deal to bring him in permanently. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's a lot of downside, to be honest. I mean, we're paying, again, we're paying like three and a half. And three and a half for him, even though he had a bad season last year pretty good i mean like and then again if he's good we can buy him for it's somewhere from 30 to 35 and i'm all right with that if he turns if he if his form picks up if his form doesn't pick up then they're not they're simply not gonna buy him they'll just be like meh whatever and we'll all be like all right well on to the next one on to the next midfielder you know which is pretty normal for us you know i'm not gonna claim to be a Chelsea expert but if you have Conte's your anchor destroyer kind of guy 
And then what are you what are you expecting Bakayoko to do? Because that's also what he does. And then I don't know the style of play of Drinkwater or Barkley. And then there's Fabregas, who just wasn't good last season. And I've been told has earned losing his starting position. So all this to say, Bakayoko was not exactly set up for success. And I think he will be in a good position here where his role is going to be very straightforward. You're either going to be starting, and I've seen the possibility of maybe using a 4-2-3-1. I saw you tweeting about it earlier, and I like that idea a lot of using a 4-2-3-1 with Kessie and Bakayoko next to each other in the two. Uh, and then putting Chelinoglu at in the middle of the three, and then Bonaventure on the left, Suso on the right, and then Higuain as a striker. That, in theory, that sounds pretty good. I don't know how Kessie would react to being moved back instead of being allowed to go forward as he does. And I, you know, it depends on what you think of two man midfields. Because I know some people aren't fans, and I know that, you know, it is a formation that some people have had a lot of success with, and I can see that working. It's not everyone's cup of tea, and I just, I wonder if that's a concern for Kessia, because that's something I also thought of. And I, like, the way I look at it is, you know, he would maybe do more of the running I in terms of going box to box. I think Bakayoko can kind of you know, be that outlet, that, like, firm spot in the middle of the park. And then Kessie, when it's time to attack, can kind of go forward with that front four and kind of just, you know, kind of be a backup option for, say, like, Chalanoglu going through the middle. But I think, honestly, that that formation puts everyone in their best, most comfortable position because – Obviously, we've talked about Chalinoglu being more of a Trequartista, not being a left winger. You have Bonaventura. If some of these other deals come through, you have a little more depth on the wings. Bonaventura has been pretty good when he plays out on the left, and I think with more consistency in his position, I think that would be fine. And Suso Suso, and I think, again, something that we've talked about a lot is the Suso ball kind of style of play that we've had. And that formation kind of takes you out of that and allows for more more options and more threat from all sides as you go forward and look for Higuain. Yeah, and again, I, I like the Bakayoko signing just because it, it makes a lot of business sense. It's not that much money, very low risk, high reward. Uh, so I'm excited to see Bakayoko. And as I've said to a friend of mine who is a Chelsea fan and who has been claiming that his team has come out as winners of the deal because they are getting paid to not have Bakayoko anymore. <laughs> this is very relatable. My best friend is a Chelsea fan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, except he's better than Montalivo. I can tell you that right now. And he was like, well, yeah. you clearly did not watch a lot of Chelsea. And I was like, well, you clearly did not watch any of Montalivo. Don't get me started on that guy who, if you do a plus minus... You know the hockey plus minus? If you did that for Montalivo and Kayanich, it'd probably be like negative 60. Because like putting 
either one of them on is like taking two players off. I really want to go calculate this now. I am super hopeful that Bakayoko will low expectations, but be better than that and better than last season. Now, I know you can also copy and paste that argument to Kayanich, but whatever. Um, so the next addition that we can talk about, just kind of going down the line, is Villarreal's Samu Castillejo. He's a winger. It's a $3 million loan deal with an obligation to buy next summer at $15 million, And Baca is heading the other way to rejoin Villarreal. And what I have seen on Twitter is that a lot of La Liga followers really enjoy watching him play and will and said they will miss watching him play and that I I will not pretend to have watched him before. I haven't seen him play before. Same. I mean, I, I looked at his numbers and so I saw a lot of people responding to my tweet. And for me, it was just, okay, we need more production from the wings. We need depth at the wings. And here's a guy who had six goals and seven assists last year. I mean, that's that's something that Barini's not going to give you. So I'm here for it. Yeah, and it, it appears, you know, watching some, you know, I am also not basing my entire judgment off of YouTube compilations. Which, by the way, sorry, real quick. Shout out to our friends who make the highlight videos that say welcome to AC Milan because I Googled this kid yesterday and the first video that popped up said welcome to AC Milan. Like it was a question. It wasn't just definitive. So we're learning. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's harder to cold take expose a question mark. I love that's my new favorite thing is putting like question marks that's awesome i actually i actually hadn't seen that um yeah yeah, you're right we're learning i love it um probably yeah too many too many too many intercompilations ended up being like screen cap last season like james di maria all that stuff um but we we can uh we can get into our own counterpart to that yeah um in a couple minutes but uh so the one thing that I like about Cassio and watching a couple of YouTube videos, you know, he seems pretty dynamic. He seems pretty quick. His handle on the ball is pretty good. And he's only 23. And he can also play on both sides. And so what I see in this is, again, good business for a young, talented player, regardless of how he dresses, because to be honest, I've, you know, seen some of the pictures of the outfits that he wears. Um, imagine him going up to Gattuso and Gattuso just smacking him. So like, what the? One thing is we finally have someone under Suso and under Chalonoglu on the wing. Or, you know, depending on what formation you play, um, Bonaventura. We finally have someone that is not named Barini. Uh, because that's all we had. And that was one of the problems that uh, Montella ran into last season, and Gattuso for that matter, but Gattuso didn't change the whole formation because of it. Um, we had no depth, like period. 
Like if if Suso if Suso had gotten injured, we would have had a really really bad time. Uh thankfully he stayed pretty much healthy, but you know, when Fabio Barini is your guy to fill in holes including right back, left back, left wing, right wing striker, yeah, that's not going to that's not going to work for me anymore. So I'm 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 glad that we finally have someone who we can sub in if we need or can start a game or you know can can be rotated in or in a system change or something like that we finally have someone and it's not a lot of money this season or next season like it's 18 million for this kid who is pretty highly regarded by people who follow La Liga and follow uh, Villarreal and oh by the way we also shed Carlos Baca. So I'm I'm all it checks all the boxes for me. I got no problem with it. I'm pretty excited cuz also later in the season if he's doing well, I can add um Castillejo uh but take out the i and put in an o as my last name on Twitter. Um and it'll be pretty darn close. It's currently Bacastolo. Um but uh Castillejo is um is the one I have in the tank for when he inevitably scores some pretty cool goal later in the season. So I'm I'm all in for him. Yeah, I gotta I gotta say this is really well done by Leonardo and Maldini and all that crew, Kaka, the intern over there. Uh this is some really good talent identification on their part because they recognize that Villarreal had something or Villarreal wanted something that they had which was Carlos Baca, who did very well for them last year. Um, I'm sure some of those assists from Castilejo went to Baca. Um, Castilejo is a talented player by all accounts, by just you know just the numbers that he puts up in a very tough league. You have to imagine that all these people saying this thing that they these people who have watched him, you know, they know what they're talking about. And obviously, Leonardo and Maldini have done some scouting on him. They've probably looked at some tape. They've figured out that this is a player who maybe a year from now would have been a guy that they couldn't get for $18 million. And so you shed Baca. You shed his salary. You get this guy in return. I mean, that's some really good business. I mean, we've been talking about how how well they've been at identifying players they need, identifying what another team wants and really finding the best possible deal. And this is just another example of that when this goes through. And I'll tell you what, like having him as an option on both wings, like you said, is fantastic. He's a guy who can rotate in. He's a guy who can start for you in the Europa league on Thursday and then come off the bench on Sunday. And he does something else too. I like Fabio Barini a lot more as the third option of the multifunction wingers than I do as the second option. So that uh, it was quite an indictment on our depth that Barini was the first guy off the bench. Barini and Kajanich were our, were our guys to come off the bench. So this and, is much. Yeah. This is much nicer. <laughs> much improve like i again it just checks all the boxes for me i know what was weird was i saw some people very like not thrilled about it and i didn't really get it because it it seems like a no-brainer for me a dynamic young 
proven player who can step in on both ends or sub and isn't expensive and should, according to all accounts, only get better. Like, I, I, I'm not seeing the negative. Um, I guess your negative could be, well, I wanted Bernard. Or, well, I wanted Anthony Martial. It's like, yeah, okay, we all wanted Anthony Martial. Like, that's fine. United didn't have time to replace him. That was a contact that was made and didn't happen. Our other potential addition for today, uh, and this is fresh breaking news, is the potential addition of Diego Laxalt from Genoa. Um, He really came on the stage at the World Cup with Uruguay, where I saw multiple people on Twitter say, this looks like a Gattuso player. And sure enough, Milan have reportedly reached out to Genoa and have, you know, around two o'clock today, it was like, oh, you know, Milan is talking about Laxalt. Maybe they'll go for him. And then at 6 p.m. today, it was like, done deal. Milan have agreed to a fee for Diego Laxalt. Uh, 14 million plus 4 million add-on. But the weird thing is that apparently... Genoa have not paid the fee to keep the obligation fee for Lapadula yet, um, which throwback Gianluca Lapadula. Um, but apparently they haven't paid that 11 million yet. Um, and that is just going to come out of Laxalt's fee. So it's 7 million for Laxalt, which again, sign me up. Um, I don't, here's so there are a couple there are a couple you can do a topic tree with this kind of thing um there are reports that there are concerns about Strenich's health and that was reported by DiMarzio and I don't know what that means um I don't know if that's like a oh he hasn't recovered from the world cup or if it's a kind of oh there's something going on uh I don't have any details on that but adding a left back when we already have two uh one of our staff members said you know is the plan to play with three left backs which is a good question because you don't need three left backs we already learned that you barely need three strikers um i don't know what the plan is and i also saw something that said you know they could sell strinich well, no, we just signed him on a free. That would have been. I don't. Weren't they also linked with Pepe Reina moving also? So you would have sold both guys that you brought for free. Which just like if that were to happen, I would legitimately be dumbfounded by the brilliance of Leonardo and Mel. Yeah. Like I would be. How did you manage to sign a free agent and sell? Also, is that allowed? Like, are you I... allowed to sign someone and then just immediately flip him? Like I, I mean, they're your player, so do with them what you will. That's gotta be. That's like some conspiracy, like with the player. Like, okay, we're gonna sign you, and then we're gonna sell you, and then your agent is gonna make money off the transfer fee. That, that's too many steps in. But what I also did here, and this is something that Demarzio was not hot on, 
is the potential of using Ricardo Rodriguez as a swap piece with PSG for Rabio. And yeah, that's kind of what I was like, wait. So wait, can we not swap Strenich? Yeah. <laughs> can we not just do that? Um, is that a thing? But it, that was when I was really like, wait, okay, let, let me sit down and think about this. I happen to like Ricardo Rodriguez, and he is, as of right now, he is our starting left back. And I am okay with that. I know that sometimes defensively, he is just in the wrong place because he loves to fly forward. I know his free kicks and his crosses are insane. Um, and I know he's more of a, an attacking presence than a defensive beast. Uh, he's more of a wingback, frankly. He's he's Marcos Alonso-ish, uh, where his free kicks and his crosses are great, but he's so forward all the time that sometimes it's like, oh my god, bro, you gotta get back or we're gonna get scored on right now, uh, which happened. And I like Ricardo Rodriguez. I also like Adrian Rabio. Um, I don't really know... Like, if that were to happen and we were to replace Rodriguez with Laxalt, like, I'd be okay with it. I think Laxalt is not as good as Rodriguez, I don't think. I think he's a grit. He is a Gattuso player, and I like Laxalt, but I don't think he's as good as Rodriguez. But the midfield, see, this is where I get hung up. Because that our midfield is a little dry. Um, I, I don't, I legitimately, I love adding Laxalt. Like, objectively, I love that. But at the cost of Rodriguez, I'm not so, I, I don't know what to feel about that. But that's also been refuted by DeMarcio. It so. feels like at times when you're, when you're in Leonardo's position, you kind of have to play a game of chess where you're thinking a few moves ahead. So, like, hypothetically, if this was to happen. So you bring in you put Rodriguez into a swap deal for Rabio, a player that many Milan fans I think will say they've wanted for years. Ever since he burst on the scene at PSG, I've been a fan of him ever since the first time I saw him linked to Milan. Um, even before he's one of those guys you bring in in FIFA a few years ago, and he just it soared. Um, I think when you do something like that. You bring in Laxalt. Not the worst replacement. He's not Rodriguez's level. But like I like you said, maybe he would be more more conservative with when he busted forward. He is an attacking player at times, but he would probably if he's in a left back role stay back a little bit. He's also far more solid on the defensive end as I saw him playing for yes. Uruguay. He seemed much more of a like you shall not pass than Rodriguez which is I need to catch up to you, which he does, but Right. So for me, I think if that were to happen, I mean obviously reports are saying it's not going to, but now the ideas in my head and I'm kind of here for it because you bring in Rabio, you instantly make your midfield that much better. Um, he's a much likelier option at this point than Milinkovic Savage. And that's that's a like that's still it's a great addition. A young, fantastic midfielder 
who surely now is a chip on his shoulder after being left off a team that ended up winning the World Cup. And I call it a chess move because you're thinking multiple steps ahead. So you do that, you maybe quote-unquote weaken yourself at left back, but you still have two very good options in Laxalt and Strenich, who I believe the problem right now is that he's got it. He says he has a tendon problem. According to Calcio Mercado, he was quoted as saying that he's just, he's not ready. He said, hopefully next week he'll be feeling better and good to go. Um, so I think that he's still a fantastic addition. I think him and Laxalt would be a good left back combination. And then next summer or yeah, next summer, not January, probably left back becomes one of your priority positions in the market. So obviously you can't do everything all at once. We saw what happened with that last summer. Didn't go very well in any sense of the word. Any aspect. Yeah. Yeah. The the players brought in were kind of bled. And then you spent so much money that you run into a financial fair play situation. So yeah, you, you strengthen one position while maybe not having as high caliber a player at another but then next time around, you're like, okay, so now we need to focus on left back because we've set ourselves up in every other position where we can focus on left back and then work our other pieces that we need. Yeah, it, I really would like Rabio, And I, I, I guess this is a good transition into the midfield. Um, I would love Rabio. I still am on the Ceballos train. Because I just really think that that would be a good move. Um, obviously, the dream of adding Kovacic is dead uh, because he is um, a Chelsea player now, thanks to the Courtois deal. Um, we're mentioning Chelsea a lot, um, yeah. but <laughs> just realize we've mentioned Chelsea. Someone so has to. No, yikes. <laughs> um, so no Kovacic. So now our, you know, our dream list, right, is down to Ceballos, Rabio, who we've been linked to. Ceballos, everything went dead. Like, I remember the Ceballos links in June, and now they're, that, that is not a thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't exactly know what happened, but apparently there is some sort of plan, um, especially since Real Madrid are just dropping players left and right now. Um, you know, you have Kovacic out, you have Modric's agent saying he wants to play for Inter, which I don't understand how that's legal, but okay. Um, and so, I mean, Madrid might be... Keep your Johan Cruyff lookalike Real Madrid. Right, so Madrid, I think, have gone the route of, no, we're keeping Ceballos, we bought him for a reason, this is our guy. Um, especially, you know, with Kovacic out with Modric potentially leaving either, you know, this month or in January, God forbid, or next year. Uh, It's going to, I mean, now it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, based on if it's at the end of his contract or if Madrid wants to get something. But those quotes from his agent were pretty convincing. So... That being said, let's scratch Ceballos, I guess, even though I thought that would have been good. Whatever. Um, so Rabio and Milinkovic-Savic. Uh, 
we just talked about Rabio. Obviously, he would be a great addition. Let's just do the Milenkovic Savage thing now. Um, <laughs> get it you know, over let's with. just get it over with. Yes, we would like to. I think I can speak for every Milan fan. Yes, we would like to see Sergei Milenkovic Savage in a Milan kit. Yes. I also would have liked Cristiano Ronaldo. I also would have liked Cristiano Ronaldo. I would like Lionel Messi. You know, I would like, you know, I would like to drive a Ferrari. I would also like to drive a Porsche. Yes. Okay. We, I feel like these Milinkovic Savage rumors actually started on Milan Twitter and then they got picked up and now we're back to just being on Milan Twitter again. Um, He's too expensive. That's the problem is he's going to cost. 120 million euros no matter how you slice it you know i saw um in milan's best barcelona impression we offered 110 million euros plus fabio barini so the total offer was 111 yeah so 111 million euros maybe 113 if you throw a ham sandwich in there like what really are we are we you know that that is reminiscent of the Andre Gomes, Jerry Mina, fifty million euro, uh, FIFA esque offer it. for Paul Pogba. Love it. Oh, right, that I'm, Jerry Mina and Andre Gomes are Everton players now. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. And so here's my thing. We, you know, I I get you might as well make the offer. Go ahead, fine. And it's also interesting that that report happened, and then a week later they sign Casiejo at winger you know so maybe they thought that that had a chance at working i just don't and i i had a tweet about this what impact is fabio barini like you know so lazio is going to say no to 110 million but then once you throw in barini they're like oh yeah here we go let's do it (laughs) you know what what are we doing here so yes milinkovic savic is obviously an upgrade to every single player that we have in the midfield but and yes we would all like to see him there's very little the only negative i think you can say is that he didn't have a great world cup but you know so that in theory you'd think that would take his value down maybe 10 or 20 but you know you're still at 80 i've heard 40 million fee for a loan and then 80 million obligation to buy i've heard I've I've heard that slider moved a little bit to like twenty million and then a hundred million option to buy. You know, Mbappe ask like we remember that we just avoided financial fair play dropping the gavel on us. Um, it's just too expensive. It's not realistic. All the reports basically say that he's not going to leave Lazio unless it's Real Madrid, which is what I thought at the beginning of the summer. I had a Juventus fan telling me that Juventus, if they sold a couple pieces, would be able to fund a Milankovic-Savage move. And I never saw... I don't see Lotito selling him within Syria for anything less than 125. I think that's entirely reasonable. And I saw... You know, I saw possibly... You could have sold me... City, United, um, City just because they have endless money, not particularly because they need them. Um, but you could have sold me United somehow. You could have sold me Real Madrid. 
you could probably tell me Juventus, but then when they did the Ronaldo thing, that you're that's your move. That's your big one. It was you would have to pick one. And I would have loved to see Milinkovic Savage. It's just not gonna happen. You know, we can we can stop with the Milinkovic Savage thing. And yes, there is a YouTube compilation of welcome to AC Milan, Sergei Milinkovic Savage. No question mark. No question mark. No, yeah. it was an exclamation point. Come actually. on, guys. <laughs> so yeah, we gotta we gotta do better than this. Uh, I just don't. You know. Yeah. Okay. We we need midfielders. And it, could we use Milinkovic? Yeah, we could. If if we added Milinkovic Savage tomorrow, I would say that we would finish in the top four. But yeah, it's not. It's just not realistic. Neither was adding Ronaldo. Neither was us adding Ronaldo. It's just not realistic. <laughs> Speaking of our predictions, I am going to say as we exercise the right to go back, um, I'll tell you what, Steven and Zanzi going to Roma makes me not so sure about my top four pick for Milan. Uh, they still have a chance to make a couple moves, but damn, that Roma team is looking it's nice. There's some good. concerns Their there. Their business but... is good, man. It's rough. I I saw that too, and they are doing – they're having a good summer. Um, in, in terms of – so in terms of the midfield – Another thing we should mention is that Manuel Locatelli is gone. And this is why I was saying that, of course, Milinkovic Savage would be great. And yes, Bakayoko is a good addition. But I thought that Bakayoko in was Montalivo out. I didn't know that Bakayoko in was Locatelli out. So I'm a little bummed out about that. Um, Locatelli is off to Sassuolo on loan. And when I saw on loan, I was like, oh, okay. With an obligation to buy. Oh, it's, I believe it's about a 10 million fee for the loan. And then like a 3 million option to buy or the other way around, like 3 million loan and then 10 million option to buy and or obligation excuse me and i so we have an article posted on our on our page um acmilan.theoffside.com manuel locatelli is officially gone was he really given a chance to shine at milan um and let me remind you that he is a u21 italy player and he appeared in just 48 Serie A matches over two years um, I'll let you go first. Um, you probably know what I've I'm gonna say because you and I have gone on about this before. Um, but what do you think about Loca being? I mean, let's call it like it is. He was just sold to Sassuolo. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we've addressed this on the pod as Sassuolo being kind of like a Juventus B. The way I would kind of think of Genoa as our feeder team, Sassuolo is one of theirs, and. Look, I mean, we even when Bakayoko came in, we I think we still needed to hold on to the Locatelli because we just we don't have that depth at that position. You know, Belia is certain to be injured at least twice this season. Montalivo, for some reason, still won't leave. Um, I'll tell you what, I think Montalivo should maybe just hold out till January and then walk away to Hartford Athletic coming to USL in 2019. Uh, shout out. Uh, I just, I don't, 
I don't understand why you get rid of Locatelli. He he's I don't think he's gotten as many chances as I would have liked. I think that he has proven to be talented, but he's a 21-year-old player or a 20-year-old player and those players have ups and downs. He's not going to be perfect. He's very young. He needed time to develop. And I think this is going to be another one that we really look back in a couple of years and go, oh, right. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. And, you know, like Chris Dante and Obama Yang and just <laughs> those two alone. There, There's a really good 18 out there of players that we let go away. And I just I don't understand it. I I think that this was premature. I don't think it was a move that needed to be made unless Locatelli maybe forced it. But it just from a Milan perspective, it didn't really make much sense because it's not gonna just be Bakayoko playing that position. You can't count on Bilia for a full season. You need Locatelli. You need a player to rotate like that. And I think that's going to be a big loss. At least we always have the Titanic video. Yeah, in in my mind, we always. If you look at, if you gave me a midfield of a midfield three at that position, um, and this is with the idea that Bakayoko plays in the center, uh, and not on a side, which I believe he does, but this is with the idea that he is utilized in the center. If you told me Locatelli, Bakayoko, Bilia, I feel so much better than Bakayoko, Montalivo, Bilia. Because I know, so I know that Locatelli never really, what's the word, blossomed, right, into what we thought he could be. Um, I know that he showed the talent, and I know that he showed what he could do, but he he was never consistent, and I know some of our listeners. Uh, we we have a poll up on Twitter, and it is sending Sassuolo or sending Locatelli to Sassuolo. Approve or disapprove? Fifty two percent say approve. Forty eight percent disapprove. So I voted. Dis- I think that's a good summary of the fan base. Sorry to no, cut you no, off, but absolutely. I think that's that's very on par with what I would have expected. Yeah, that's. I agree. I think it's that's right about what I would have expected. I would have right about there, and I just think that sending him away. And my main thing is, it's 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 relative, right? So. My main problem is you look at the rest of our midfield and it's someone, like you said, who's going to be injured at least twice and who can't run anymore in Bilia and who is clearly not the player that we were interested in, by the way. When we when we bought him, he's clearly not that player anymore because he can't run anymore and he's injured every single season. Um, and he wasn't good for Argentina either. Um and Montalivo, who's been useless for five seasons now. So you're telling me that instead of having the patience to keep Locatelli and give him more chances, which we've been calling for for three years, 
we're going to say sayonara to him, add him to the list of Cristante, Sampanara, Verdi, Aubameyang. Those four come to mind pretty quick. Um, and that's without even getting too into the weeds. You know, you can go further on the list and be like, you know... I'm going to do this at some point. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make an 11 of the players that we let slip away. Well, you can, I mean, it depends on what your definition of slip away is. Because Vershalko was so close to us, but he picked Sassuolo. Um, Nyangalan was vetoed because of the price. Huh. Interesting. Crazy. You know? <laughs> um, who's that? Uh, I just mean like these youth players that we let, like. Stefano Sensi. Remember that kid who was going to come from Chisena? Uh, and who is supposed to be super good, and he ended up signing for Sassuolo, and that is where he has remained. Um, so maybe we dodged a bullet, but still, it was going to be like 5 million euros. But We just have this history with these young players, of the players that we bring in, and I mean, I go back all the way, like the, the first one for me was Aubameyang. In this trend, um, I'm sure it happened many times before that, I'm sure, but they... You know, he went on loan, he went on loan, he went on loan, and he was doing well at those places that he was at in France. And, you know, you'd think that last season with St. Etienne, where before he got the permanent move there, Milan should have been like, you know what? We really have a problem up top. This kid is just booming with potential. Let's give it a shot. There's something here, isn't there? Oh, no, just let him go to St. Etienne. You know, he'll score. 30 goals in two years for them then they'll go to Dortmund and it's fine it's okay yeah so and yeah I'm I'm going way off track but the point the point being that you know you just you give up on these players too soon I think my my thing is why I'm not sure I can say that I will accept and I was talking about some I was talking about this with some guys on the staff I will accept the argument that Locatelli was never really consistent and was never the player that we wanted him to be consistently, right? He had some games where for a half, he was just a boss. And then other games, it was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? Like, at, at sometimes, sometimes it looked like he just needed to take a chill pill. But I, I really thought that Gattuso was going to be that guy to get him into what we thought he was going to be, even if that meant, you know, change to a different position. In complete fairness to his inconsistency, you know who else was kind of inconsistent at his age? Cutrone. And Calabria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chigio, Calabria, Romagnoli, Caldara. You know, like, everybody. Young, Everybody is inconsistent when they're 20. (laughs) 20. It doesn't matter if you're a footballer or a kid in college. You're... You struggle at young ages that's what we do and it just you gotta like we still fail to recognize that i think that's my thing he's 20 like what i don't get how monta and relatively i don't get how Montalivo is still here and how you look at the midfield and say oh yeah locatelli's the one that should go and i don't understand why he doesn't deserve more time and why we're going to basically make the equivalent of a lateral move with Bakayoko. Like, I know his ceiling is higher because we saw that with Monaco. All right. In theory, his short term ceiling is higher, but what are we giving up in Locatelli? 
And I've said this on a podcast before, I'll say it again. I am going to be very bitter when Locatelli is starting for Juventus in four years. And because, like you said, Sassuolo is one of those clubs, like Udinese, who has a very good relationship with Juventus. And we have a good relationship with Genoa. They have a good relationship with Sassuolo. You could see it in Zaza. They almost had it in Berardi. You see it all the time. And I just don't look forward to the day when Locatelli slide tackles the hell out of Castillejo to take the ball and then scores a screamer on us in four years. You know, like, I just am not into... I don't like that. Um, I really wanted him to stay. Um, I know it's not the end of the world, and I get, like, you know... I have a friend who has... who is not high on Locatelli. And he is not a Milan fan, but he is not high on Locatelli. And he has said, I would sell. I don't see him getting any better. I think he peaked. Like, I think this is basically what he is. And, okay, but he's 20. Why why can't we do this at 23? When it's like, okay, bro, like, you haven't done anything. Like, I don't think he was given a fair shot. And especially last season where it was like, oh, let's play Montalivo when Bailey is injured and just leave Locatelli on the bench again. So that being said, good addition for Sassuolo. I mean, hopefully Milan is super confident about this 13 million euros they're getting for him because that's that's what they're getting. And I don't think that the money is worth more than him. And um. Speaking of people leaving, uh, so I got one, one that we'll like, and then the and the one that we won't. Um, which do you want first? Um, I think we need to save the best for last because we're okay. gonna be really excitable. I think. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be mean. Um, so that being said, let's start with the not as fun one. Um, Andre Silva is also gone. Um, we're talking a five million loan with a thirty million option to buy to Sevilla. So that's pretty much recouping all of the money that we spent on him, minus three million, which you can just write off like that's sunk cost, whatever. Um, obviously Andre Silva didn't have a good year. Uh, he is going to basically be our version of Gabby Goal and. They moved into Sevilla, where I, I can see him scoring several goals. I think he that's the right place for him. You know, a team like Sevilla, who has had some pretty good luck with strikers, and I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a good move for Sevilla. And while I would have liked to hang on to him, I get it. He had a bad season. He's not going to start over Higuain. And if you had to pick one of Cutrone or Silva, pick Cutrone. So if you're going to have a second guy to put in when you need a striker or to rotate, let's go with Cutrone over Silva. And you don't want to sentence Silva to be the third whistle. And yeah, and and he doesn't play really. You don't want to go. We discussed the whole two striker thing, so that's not going to work either. This is... This is cementing that we will not play with two strikers. And 
yeah so there i mean there you go he there he goes i mean you know i think like you said recouping most of the money i think is the most important thing maybe you know in january or next summer you go out and buy a cheaper option a player who knows he's not going to be in front of Iguain and in front of Cutrone, or maybe you just keep developing someone like Frank Saju out of the Primaveras and, you know, hopefully he can become that third option. You know, you got a deep bench in Serie A. Maybe he's a guy you bring in from time to time, you know, rotating the cup game, something like that. I'd, I'd honestly, I'd prefer that. Um, he was with the squad in the U S in the summer. So good too. So got a good look at him. We'll see what happens. Um, that's just, one idea for me uh, as for Andre Silva. Look, first of all, he's always welcome on this podcast. I think we've made that very clear. Um, most Milan players are and past or present. Um, look, it's just, it's, it was inevitable. I feel like at, at some point you just kind of realize that, Hey, he's, he needs to go somewhere. He needs to play. He needs to get that confidence back. And he was going to be third option at this club. So if he goes off to Sevilla and has a good season, great. We recruit most of the money and you know, maybe that can go toward another position that can go toward, you know, a say a Lapa dual level level player to come in and be another option. But um, I think, you know, that was another example of a swing and a miss in a summer of ambition. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not too bitter about it because I think that's the best way to put it. Swing and a miss. He was, you know, we bought him because he was young and a rising star, and it it just didn't work out. And that's what again, Inter. The best comparison is that Inter had this exact same thing happen with Gabby Gol. That's a fantastic comparison. And that's and he's not there anymore either. And so here we are, like. It happens. And, you know, would I like for him to stay? Sure. Did I want him to succeed? Yeah. And uh, does it suck that it never worked out for him? Yeah. But, I mean, I, I really think that that first half of the season really, really just didn't help because everything was just the wild, wild west out there. And I just don't think that that helped anyone but i think some of them were able to recover and andre clearly was not one of them and that's just unfortunate but we we move on and uh briefly while we're on strikers um cutrone has a new deal until 2023 so that is super good news that we extended patrick cutrone and i mean i don't know exactly his pay raise but with the new contract he's going to get some more money so that locks him down which is really good uh one thing about cutrone that makes me super sad is his goodbye post to locatelli because the two have been in the youth system together like almost their whole lives and it is literally the most upsetting thing ever like there are all these pictures of them like playing next to each other and like being like 10 year old kids in the same picture and it's like oh my god this is heartbreaking he's like good luck to my brother like i'll miss you like all this stuff i'm like oh 
why am I crying? Like, this is so sad. Right in the fields. Like, can you imagine having that news broken to you? Like, hey, like, Locatelli's been sold. Like, what? That's, Bro, uh, like, he's been here the whole time. Like, it was, yeah. That that's is... like when uh, Minnesota traded Christian Ramirez last week and yeah. Miguel Ibarra mm-hmm. saw him off at the airport. That oh, wrecked me. God. Oh, my that's God. so sad. Well, okay, so here's one thing. Nikola Kalinic is gone. Yes. He's gone. Bye. He's finally gone. We don't have to worry about him anymore. He's finally gone. He has joined Atletico Madrid. Um, obviously, Gonzalo Higuain is our starter. Cutrone is our backup. If Silva wasn't going to start, Kain, it sure as hell wasn't going to. Um, <laughs> Milan uh, is going to sell Kainic, uh for about 15, all said, to Atletico Madrid. And Leonardo just bullying people. Absolutely. Getting and 15 for Kalinic. So here's my thing. And it's a, it's a three-year deal. And I, I tell you right now, if Gattuso didn't scare the crap out of you... Simeone is definitely going to scare the crap out of you. Yeah, and not only him, but Diego Costa, Costa too. Mm-hmm. He is going to... he. I mean, he's going to get headbutted at least once. <laughs> he is going to get absolutely crushed. And, I mean, there's one way to make your guy fall in line. Like, there's no way he's not going to listen to these guys. Um, no. And you can't act out, otherwise Simeone might actually kill you. Um, so, I mean, that's that's some good news. Um, you know, one less deadweight striker. It, you know, we lo- in the in the span of a week, we got rid of Baca and Kajanich. Like Leonardo is having a fantastic summer. He is he is balling out. He is dunking on people out here. So let's take a let's take a listener question. And just a reminder: if we're doing a podcast, we'll tweet from the SPN Rossonero account that you can tweet us your questions before we record the podcast and we will uh, take them and field them and answer them. So at AC Milan, Michael, uh, he says, what player do you think has the best chance of having a down year or losing his spot? Or in other words, who do you see breaking into the lineup that isn't currently a starter uh, since you can't really have one without the other this one has been tough i've been thinking about this ever since we started and i i can't pick one i'm gonna i'm gonna tier them so i have one that i think is more likely but i can't really decide between the two so the first one i'm gonna say is bonaventura that like that was a tough one to come to terms with but the reason I think that is we went to that four two three one discussion, and I think if they do that, or even if like say Rabio comes in, I I don't think that's as likely. If they go to that four two three one, Bonaventura can play on that left wing, but if Castellejo starts to play really well, I think it's something where, you know, Bonaventura's had spells of inconsistency. I think you could see Gattuso make a move there. And as I'm saying that, I'm starting to think the other one is just as likely. I'm going to say Calabria. And just like we've talked about the young guys struggling. You know, he's 21. He's young. He's going to have 
ups and downs. And he we also didn't have Andrea Conti healthy all of last year. So if if Calabria starts to dip a little bit, you can see Conti come in there and you know, I've said before the job is his until he loses it. So, you know, Conti could swoop in, but there I could see some rotation there as well. So just because of the rotation, I'd say most likely to lose his spot would be Bonaventura. For me, Bonaventura was one guy that also stood out um, for very similar reasons and that he had just not a good season last season. And if he has another season like that, he's not going to be in the starting lineup. And especially now that we actually have someone behind him that isn't Barini and isn't Jose Mauri. All right, we have a good player now. Um, that's going to put pressure on him. And if he doesn't, if it doesn't work out for him, you know, at this point, sink or swim. And I like Bonaventura, but he was not good last season. Um, I agree with your point on Calabria. That's a really good point that if Conte's or Conti is healthy and Calabria doesn't have a good stretch, you know, Calabria could lose his spot. Um, Easy answer for me is Bibia. He is a lock for starting the season in the starting 11 and being nowhere close at the end of the season. Um, Especially if A, there is another midfield addition, or B, Bakayoko turns out to be anything then we're not, I mean, we're just not going to have Biglia in there anymore. After that World Cup, and after the end of last season, and his perpetual injury, you know, he's an easy answer for me. Um, And then I got one more for you, and this is my dark horse one, and it's Ricardo Rodriguez. Because if, and, and I guess you can have your, if you're talking who would get in if these people were to get hurt, it's, or not get hurt, but if they were to fall out of form. Calabria's alternate is Conti. Bonaventura's alternate is Castillejo. Abiglia's alternate is Bakayoko. And now Ricardo Rodriguez actually has legitimate left-back competition in Laxalt. And if he just has a couple shockers, which he is prone to but also able to recover from, where he might just be in a terrible position and he'll give up a chance, but he'll manage to rescue it. If he just has a couple of shockers and Gattuso is just done with it, he might just say, I'm not doing this anymore and puts in Laxalt because it just, again, Laxalt just seems like more of a Gattuso mentality player. And I can see that switch being made at some point. Um, but that being said, Ricardo Rodriguez is like, he's good. He's not, he's not Biglia who I, again, I think is just a lock and Bonaventura who played very poorly and now has a legitimate, very good up and coming. Um, and Calabria, I think is going to keep his spot and only get better. Um, Rodriguez is that dark horse where it's either he's going to lock down that spot and keep it. Or something's going to happen and he's going to be moved off that spot. And so that that would be my uh, interesting pick. I'm going to add, I figured, out, I figured out a more 
likely reason why Bonaventura would be that player. And it just came to mind as we were talking. Um, I have a Jersey curse. I have never, I haven't really shared much about this yet, but Bonaventura really is the only player who's been immune from it. So just like, I'll run through this real quick. Cause as some people may know, I support three clubs. I'm a diehard Milan fan. I'm a diehard Orlando city fan. And I like Everton. I have one Everton name on a shirt and it's Yannick Bellassi. I He was one of the reasons I kind of liked getting into Everton because I enjoyed him at Palace. As soon as I got that jersey, pretty much he tore his ACL. And now he's probably gone. So Orlando City, my first three were Kaká, Kyle Aaron, and Darwin Seren. Seren was traded very quickly after I got it. Laren's gone in a swirling controversy. And Kaká kind of worked out, but, you know, he retired. And I also don't have that jersey in my possession because my best friend has had it for two years. My AC Milan ones, that's where it really hits. I got a Kaká jersey for Christmas, my first ever Milan jersey, long time ago. That summer, he was sold no. to Real Madrid. My replacement jersey the next summer was Pato. Oh, no. What could have been? What could have oh. been? My third jersey is my favorite jersey, a long sleeves Latin Ibrahimovic jersey from the year after they won the Scudetto, which was also his last season yeah. at the club. My fifth jersey is Bonaventura. Uh-oh. So far, so good. Yeah. I mean, not the best player, but I just kind of wanted his shirt. I got a sixth one. I got a sixth one last summer. Leonardo oh. Bonucci. Oh. So Bonaventure has been cheating death for a long time yeah. at this point. And I think I'm just going to, I'm going to say I'm, I almost bought a Niguayin jersey. I did Ooh. not. So you're welcome. Yeah. That, that might be a good shout. Um, we, we do have another listener question. Um, and actually it's, it's a couple questions from at Sh- Shabnan 112. Uh, he has a couple questions for us, and we don't need to go over all of them just because we already have gone over several of them. What's your view on Diego Laxalt? Talked about that. Um, good player, cheap. You know, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm a fan. Yeah, I do endorse. Um, will Milan make the Champions League? Um, for that debate, I will refer you to episode ten. Uh, that is where we make our UCL predictions. And our top six predictions. Um, what are what signings are still necessary or beneficial in the coming days? Um, midfielder. Um, and so score predictions for Genoa. Will the Genoa game even happen? Um, so let me just cover this real quick um, because you and I were talking about this before we started recording. The starting eleven for the game on Sunday pretty much writes itself um it's pretty straightforward we've talked about it before Gigio and goal calabria right back romagnoli caldara rodriguez uh four three 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 in the midfield kessie it's gonna be biglia because bakayoko just got here um and prepare you know i am mentally preparing to just get a little ticked off um but I will actually be able to watch the game because it's on ESPN Plus now. 
um, which I am very excited for. And then Bonaventura as the last of the three. And then left to right, uh, Chao Glulu, um, Higuain Suso. And that's your that's your four three three, unless Gattuso has been working with some different system, and just comes out of the gate and be like surprise like four four two or something you know four four two diamond. I have no idea. I don't see him changing at all. I actually just remember this, and I'm sorry to cut you off again. Um, the reporting was that the starting eleven that went up against Real Madrid in the friendly. Um, for those of you who saw it, I, I personally didn't get to watch the game. I heard it was a promising, like not terrible performance, but you're playing Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. Like, you know, yeah, like good luck. We're yeah. in ocean apart. Iguain had a really nice goal in the fourth minute. I did see that. I like that. Um, the lineup, according to reports that I saw, was the lineup that Gattuso expected to play against Genoa. And I'm sorry for just remembering this. But that 11 was pretty much what you said. The only differences were Musaccio starting in that defensive, that center back position next to Romagnoli, which makes me believe maybe Caldara just needs... Needs another week or two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He he did come in, Caldara. He came in for Ricardo Rodriguez, which was pretty interesting. Um, but that was you know that was like a half hour run out. Um, the other difference was Barini started on oh, the left Christ. wing, and it made me remember that Chalinoglu is actually suspended for the first game. Oh my god, I didn't even remember that. I completely yeah. Pre- okay. Yeah, Barini starting. Um. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have Castillo yet. We they're not ready yet. Yeah. That's the that's the problem with having this shortened window because of all our nonsense that was going on earlier. We didn't have and the World Cup, by the way. Uh, we didn't have time to really sign anyone, and now what? We have Caldara, who's been here for like two and a half weeks. Castillo, Bakayoko, and Laxalt will have a combined like four days. You know. And luckily, they start with Genoa, so it's not the worst possible game. But then right after Thank that... Thank God we're not starting with you. Yeah, babe. right yeah. after that, you go to Roma, and then you host Napoli, or vice versa. And you you just... you That's not... Better get those boys ready. Yeah, that's not a fun way to Better start the season. Ready. So that's... Yeah, uh, that is just screaming, you know, four points at yeah, the most. Yeah, exactly. Which is so super upsetting. That, you know, at least he should be ready... It's at home against Genoa, then at Napoli, that's a six-day turnaround, and then another six-day turnaround to host Roma. And so I imagine Caldara, Chalanoglu, and Bakayoko will be in the lineup for those. I would. That's what I would anticipate. And then at some point, I would also anticipate the possibility of Castillejo at, at some, just soon. Like, I, he's not going to start him just because, oh, he's ready. Let's get him out there. But I can see him coming in. Um, real quick, Genoa game. Um, today, super tragic event happened in Genoa where a, a major bridge in the city just collapsed. And 
it's causing a lot of damage and injuries and deaths and so of course we send our condolences out to everyone involved and we're we we're heartbroken about it and um the only thing that i can say that really relates to ac milan on that is genoa has requested that the game on sunday be postponed um we you know we're not going to go super into the game in the event that it may happen uh but if i had to bet i i don't think this game is actually going to happen i think yeah i think they're gonna they're just gonna i think it's gonna be put on hold yeah they'll they'll do it later it is at the san siro um if it were in genoa i would just say no chance but um i think they have to go through some some formalities and some paperwork and stuff like that and just i think milan just has to say like yeah that's good with us um, yeah, I imagine the same thing will happen. Sampdoria are at home against Fiorentina. No, no way. And no way I that, just that game. Yeah, no, no way, way that game gets played. So, um, a, a super, super upsetting. And you know, we we send, we send prayers. We send everything we can to uh, the people of Genoa and the people of Italy as they uh, recover through uh, what they what they just went through today. And, you know, I, I can't imagine um, that happening. And it's just, it's super sad. So I was shuddering earlier when obviously such a terrible thing to happen and so many people weren't lucky. And just reading that Domenico Crescito was on the bridge 10 minutes before that. And then as you and I, like, he, obviously that's going to, that's going to be tough to, yeah, he, think I about mean, and then he's not going to be able to play. Like if this game yeah. happened, he wouldn't play. No and then, sense. as you and I were talking about beforehand, we learned that a former Calgary goalkeeper, you know, not a player who spent a lot of time with them, but did used to play for the club in the second division, was actually on the bridge and somehow, thankfully, was able to walk away from it. Which is just and absolutely that, shocking. Like that's uh, incredible. Yeah. So. Um. So we we do send our condolences and you know I, I you know words from a podcast might not do a lot but you know we do send our prayers and that you know it's horrible and you know the game isn't that the the game is not a big deal compared to that so frankly I hope that the game doesn't happen because that would be a little messed up if it did um, but I I don't see Milan I mean I, I can't see Milan being like, no, we have to play the game. Like, the season just started. We can find another weekend or midweek or something. We can, you know, figure that out later. Like, just take your time. On that note, thank you for listening to The Devil Wears Rossonero, the official podcast of SB Nation's AC Milan Offside. I'm Patrick. He's Tim. Um, can't tell you how excited we are for the season to start. We're finally back in action. Looking forward to more of these podcasts. Hopefully we get to you know, close the next one out on a little bit of a happier tone. And uh, hopefully we have a lot of good AC Milan action to talk about um, in the coming weeks. So really looking forward to the start of the season. And so can't wait to do more of these. And for Tim, for the staff of the AC Milan Offside, I'm Patrick. Thanks for listening. Forza Milan. We'll see you next time.